Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Seven o'clock straight up on a Friday night. Joe Giglio hanging out with you. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Jack Fritz behind the glass. Sue Schilling on the updates. You guys with us at 888-729-9494. That is how you get aboard. You can also tweet the show at WIP Evenings. I think Jack said himself to the bio. So if things are going well with the account. We'll see how long I last. <laughs> we will see. I'm, when, thing, when I get added to bios, things don't go well. But you know what I do know? I do know at some point a tweet went out earlier tonight talking about the show. And part of that. It was at 7 o'clock. We bring on John Barchard. You know him from here at WIP, from Bleeding Green Nation. And, of course, he's out in Indianapolis this week. Where You know what? The weather's usually not really great out there this time of year. It's probably better than it is right here right now. Let's talk to John out in Indy for the Combine. John, how you doing tonight? Yeah, what the hell's going on out there? I see it looks like a hurricane mixed with snow, mixed with their signs falling over. It's like 55 degrees here in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's not good. I walked in today, John, like 4.30, and my jeans are still wet. Like, it was, it was, a, it was a rough <laughs> walk. Um, and you, you also get to be out there in a dome and watching some guys run around in shorts, which is always my favorite event that everyone freaks out over. But, it, look, it is important, and we do talk about it. It does kind of set the stage for the offseason. Give us the John Barcher takeaways from the combine, and then we get to some Eagle stuff. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Wow. How about that? Is he real uh, or is he made up? Uh, I don't know yet. And the, I mean, when you are stronger than a lot of offensive tackles, but yesterday the best, the uh, the bench press was was blowing my mind between him and Nick Chubb. I mean, those guys are lifting 225 pounds 29 times for uh, you know running backs. That's good enough for I think the 70th or 80th percentile uh, with offensive linemen. So uh, really strong, really agile. Followed that up with a 41 inch vertical. Uh, you know, the, the tape and the, the numbers all kind of match up with that. And you start to hear whispers and rumors. And literally, the Jets and Giants have been talking to every single running back uh, that is here at the Combine. And, you know, no matter if that's guys, no matter if that's uh, Saquon Barkley, whoever it is, the Cleveland Browns are, are starting to sniff around there, too. So I'm, I'm really curious what's going to end up happening with these running backs, and I've been championing quite for uh, a while now, and I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Giants, but uh, it's going to be really hard for them if Cleveland, which is seems doable as well for Saquon Barkley, if they pass up with them on one, I'm really curious to see what the Giants do it too. Um, uh, and I'm all for it because as, as good as Saquon Barkley is, you don't want the Giants drafting a quarterback. Uh, and and that's just going to hopefully continue on. It's been been a pretty crazy couple of days with these guys. It's a really talented running back class. I'm excited to see what the wide receivers do uh, tomorrow, and certainly we have uh, a lot of the offensive linemen that we're, we're paying attention to as well because that's, uh, that's right up uh, the Eagles' alley for what they possibly could do at 32. And uh, Orlando Brown, not a great day at all for him. He was, uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, Eagles' uh, formal interviews here, and, he thought that there was a lot of people at first, first round talent. As long as he didn't test super, super poorly here at the combine, and he turned in like 
in, in historical worst combine ever for any position. I mean, uh, we're talking about a guy that uh, you know had had less than a, a seven uh, a seven uh, foot broad jump, which is unheard of. Uh, uh, a 40 that has never been registered by any offensive lineman. I think it was like a four six eight or something like that. Uh, bad mirror drills. I don't know if you guys were watching or heard the NFL combine going on, but there were coaches like shouting at him a lot to start running faster and, and keep moving. It was just a really bad day for Orlando Brown as a uh, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. So those were my kind of biggest takeaways from uh, from today. John, I did see that you tweeted that the Eagles, or maybe you responded to a tweet, but I saw you were talking on Twitter about the Eagles meeting with Lamar Jackson. Look, I don't think the Eagles are going to take Lamar Jackson at 32, and but he has become this week, maybe the last couple of weeks, but leading to this, one of the most talked about prospects in the draft, just because there are a lot of people out there, prominent people, Bill Polian's the name that comes right to mind, that don't believe this kid has any shot to play quarterback in the NFL. He believes he can. I, I loved watching him in college. I know he's not the most accurate guy, and there are concerns about how he'd play in the NFL, but I, I think he deserves a chance, and I, I just find this story fascinating now. Well, yeah, because more more so what keeps getting a little more interesting is I think it was the NFL Network or Ian Rappaport or somebody had said that there are teams that wanted Lamar Jackson to move to wide receiver. We get to his press conference today, which was absolutely packed for obvious reasons, and he says there has been no team whatsoever that has asked me to switch over or test out at wide receiver. I'm a quarterback. I don't know why this is even a thing. Uh, and for two minutes, it was basically that question packaged in a different way. So uh, when we finally get to like, okay, well, who have you met with? And he had mentioned the Bills. He had mentioned uh, the Dolphins. He had mentioned, I believe, the Steelers. And then he said, and also the Eagles. And I stopped and went, oh, well, that's a little interesting that the uh, – the Eagles are using one of their formal interviews on this guy. And granted, I think that's a couple of things. One, they're doing due diligence there. Uh, I do think, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson is the number one quarterback in this draft. I don't think that's anywhere close to uh, the rest of the guys and what they can uh, provide on, on any NFL team. I think his mobility and his big arm and uh, his vision for the field are are far more to work with right now than – been Sam Donald or even Josh Rosen or uh, Baker Mayfield at this point. Um, but uh, I, I do think that they're they're doing that just to check it out and see what's going on. And if they get to 32 uh, and Lamar Jackson is still there, that's great trade bait for, for anybody uh, to kind of move up and maybe Howie Rosen gets a couple extra picks out of the deal by moving back into day two there. Yeah, they're similar to when Teddy Bridgewater fell down. The Vikings traded back into the first round. Uh, and grabbed him. It's interesting. I like Jackson. I'm rooting for him. We're talking to John Barchard, who's out in Indianapolis covering the combine. So you mentioned the offensive lineman, and I think that's kind of become the story of what the Eagles might do, assuming they stay at 32, or even if they drop down a few spots into the top of the second round and get extra picks. But offensive line, with Jason Peters' age, it sounds like they're probably going to keep Peters, but maybe more uh, of a big-time heir apparent than just having Vitae here. It seems like, John, this is a pretty good, outside Orlando Brown, a pretty good offensive line group that there might be a player or two at 32 worth the pick. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic class, and they kind of proved that again today, just like you said, outside of Orlando Brown. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, who we talked to a little bit yesterday from Notre Dame, was uh, one of uh, Mike Mayock's big guys. I think he's uh, the, the first off- offensive tackle on his board. Uh, just an incredible, likable kid. Uh, and granted, he's got a, a ton of different Philadelphia ties. He grew up there. He's also cousins with Matt Ryan. Uh, so he's, he comes from a, a real good um, 
you know, football family and you put, I mean, I can't imagine if he gets drafted in Philadelphia, you know, there's the typical, well, he's from here takes and also Notre Dame, which there seems to be a ton of Irish Catholic and Notre Dame fans in Philadelphia. And he wears the number 69. So that's like an easy sell for absolutely everybody uh, in town here. But on top of that, I mean, he does have really good tape. And I think when you go and, and look back at this, I think the constant knock on him is like, well, he can't, can't really, you know, uh, do anything against the bull rushes. And that was one game against Georgia, who has a very talented group of defensive players there. And I think he gets pigeonholed in that. There's some things that um, I, I still don't really like about his game. I think he's a little bit more passive. Uh, he needs to use a little more size and get, gain some more size, uh, which he has gradually done. I think he was at 260 pounds when he got to Notre Dame and then uh, has, uh, has moved his way up to 310. So that's a, that's a good size for a tackle. He's pretty athletic. He didn't run the 40 today, so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that for his pro day. And then the other guy that I really liked was uh, Tyler Crosby from uh, the University of Oregon, uh, who's played left tackle over there for the last two years. Turned in a, a, a really good time. Uh, on his 40 and uh, just a, a real good footwork, real solid guy that can play right or left tackle and uh, certainly somebody that Stoughton would like to get his hands on. So I'd keep my eye on those two guys as, uh, as the uh, draft season continues here. John, the running back class is not just Saquon Barkley. Now he's in a league of his own, but it seems like there's other guys that will go late first, second, third. That looks like a good class. Last year was a good class. The Eagles actually got a good one, although they didn't draft that one. And Corey Clement, they didn't draft a running back that – showed out this year. We know what happened to Donnell Pumphrey. I don't think it's a big need for them because they still have Clement and they still have Ajayi at least for one more year. But do you think they could dive in and get one of these running backs because last year they didn't hit on the guy they drafted? I think so. I, I'm The more and more as uh, this combine kind of goes on, I don't certainly think it's going to be in the first round, which, which kind of uh, your mind starts to wander a little bit. And you're like, all right, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of day two guys that I like. Outside of that, there's um, you know, I, I think if they are going to take a running back, it'll probably be uh, around the fourth round. And uh, you're you're looking at guys like uh, the kid from Northwestern, whose whose mind is, her name is escaping me for for this moment, and I apologize about that, Joe. But like some somebody that's right around there, I know that I was kind of on the Akron Wadley train, uh, running back from Iowa, who might be a little interesting, but. He's not having that great of a of a uh, of a week here at the combine. He's kind of in the in the high high fours and uh, still trying to get his max body weight and things like that. So um, you know, Royce Freeman might be a guy that's there. Another Oregon name that uh, tested pretty well uh, this week. And uh, Ronald Jones is is another one that I know has been a popular name from USC, but. Unfortunately for him, it looks like he pulled up with a with a hamstring injury um, as he was running the forty, which ended up being like a four six six or something like that. I, I think that they need guys that are home run hitters. Uh, if if you're if you're looking for a running back like that, I don't think it's um, you know the next Garrett Blunt. I don't think it's uh, even somebody that's the next Darren Sproles, which nobody's been able to do since he's been a, a you know uh, transferred and moved around in the, in a couple of different teams in the league here. Um, I, I would look for something that's uh, that's fast. That could obviously have a, a potential as a punt returner, kick returner, uh, and something that's going to be able to go catch the ball out of the backfield. And certainly, Corey Clement has been um, uh, quite a bit of a surprise on his development in that. But you know, it just they just need a great complementary guy that has uh, a, a lot of speed on that offense. Uh, and certainly, I think even losing Torrey Smith, which uh, it looks like it's obviously going to happen now. Um, they, they need speed somewhere uh, on that offense to kind of continue the RPO 
the pace and the aggressiveness here. So I could certainly see it. I would be surprised if that's how they do in the, uh, or what they do in the first round there, Joe. Yeah, they need speed. They certainly do on the offense. John, last one for the important one. I saved it for last. What is there to do for fun in Indianapolis? You go to that steakhouse, <laughs> everyone's, all the sports writers that go there, they always talk about, was it St. Elmo's? Did you go there? St. Elmo's, that was, the, that was the first night, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then there's the Prime 47, which is, I guess, where all the coaches go to. And, uh, you hear some weird drunken stories uh, in there from, from them themselves. Sean Payton was at one point dancing on the tables uh, our, our first night here. So that was kind of fun to see. And uh, everybody just kind of congregates and hangs out. I think it was at the JW Marriott uh, last night and uh, bumped elbows with Sean McVay and uh, they just made a huge trade again uh, today. So there's, yeah, it's it's this weird, like, kind of, hey, let's get drunk and tell each other what's going on. And then all these stories kind of come out from that. So uh, there's still two more nights of this stuff. So I, I expect that. Uh, although Farzetta keeps telling me to go to White Castle, and I just I can't force myself to go to White Castle. You know what? I would avoid White Castle. I'd hang out and watch <laughs> Sean Payton dance and have the good steak. John, we appreciate a, a few minutes from you. Enjoy Indianapolis. I'll see you soon. All right, thanks, Joe. There he goes. John Barcher out at the Combine in Indianapolis. Sean, why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.